You know, these are, these are troublesome days, and, and you know that, and I know it as well. And um, we are in a war. We're in a spiritual war. Uh, some think it was a political war. And I guess looking on a human level, you could say that that's true. Uh, and, and we may say it's a war for the hearts and the lives of our people and our kids and younger generations and so on. And I suppose all that's true, but, but it's also, it, it's a war for our own hearts as well. And, and part of what's happening in our world is, as far as the enemy's desire, is he wants to shake us up. He wants us to be shaken at our core and start walking a lot of fear or, or anger, frustration, and so on, and simply walk out of love and out of the Spirit. Jesus said, don't let your hearts be troubled. John 14, verse 1, he said, let me read it. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. So if, if we are commanded to not allow our heart to be troubled, is it possible for us to live that way? Can you, in every circumstance of life, can we not let our heart be troubled? I, I, Ron says it's hard. I agree. You know, I'm not saying that I, I don't allow my heart to be troubled sometimes. Sure, all of us do. But, but if Jesus said to do it, then it's his will and it's his plan. And we can do that no matter what happens in the world. You know, I'm thinking, I was talking to Mary Beth and She's real excited about school and said things are going really well. And praise God, the kids, most of them at least, are going back. I think they had a choice, if I understand right. Uh, but she said it's going well. And I know what's on everybody's mind is what happens if there's an outbreak of this virus, right? And I tell you, if more than two kids get it, no matter anywhere in the U.S., it's going to be all over the national news. And they're going to, you know, I hope they won't panic over it. But it's probably going to happen. I, I don't want to be negative about that, but... But even if it does happen, no matter what happens, can we still experience the peace of God and not let our heart be troubled no matter what happens? <laughs> That's what he said. In fact, I was praying. I'll tell you how I came upon what I'm going to share with you. Uh, I was praying. I felt like the Lord say, read Acts chapter 1. I thought, all right. I've read it many times. We're studying the book of Acts on Wednesday nights. Some of y'all be interested in dropping in on that. We have a great study. So I was reading along there, and here's where I read in chapter 1, verse 15. It said, In those days Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples. It says altogether the number of the names was about 120. And he said, Men and brethren, the Scripture has, been, have to be, has to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke before by the mouth of David concerning Judas, that he needed to be, uh, you know, replaced. So after Peter prays this, in verse 23, it says, They proposed to Joseph called Barsabas, who was surnamed Justice, and Matthias. Now listen to this. And they prayed and said, You, Lord, O Lord, who know the hearts of all. So which of these two you've chosen? You, Lord, who know the hearts of everybody. And when I read that, I knew exactly what the Lord wanted me to talk about. And that he's, he wants me to talk about our hearts. Like I said, we're in a war, and part of the warfare is for your, your heart, not your physical heart, 
but your spiritual heart, your inner person. The enemy wants that. He wants to shake us up because there's things going all around us and he wants you and I, we have to be, we are the body of Christ on this earth. So when people see folks like you and I, those that are unbelievers, see folks that are believers, and in the midst of the, of the turmoil, we're walking in the peace of God and we're walking in assurance and we know God's got this. We're his kids. No matter what happens in the, around us, Jesus is still Lord. He's going to take care of us. He's going to meet every need. We're confident in him and we're, we're rejoicing because of who he is and what he's already done. I know I've shared this with you, but it's just a powerful story. Some good friends of ours, uh, she worked for a, a, one of the school systems, one of the schools, I don't know, in, in an administrative office, I believe. She had, they had a suburban. And uh, she went in and worked like normal. And when she, I think, went to lunch or something, she came back in and her car was gone. And everybody said, what's, what's wrong? She says, my car's gone, stolen. Everybody just, you know, they all got real excited about it. And she was totally peaceful. They said, what's wrong? Are you, are you all right? Oh, yeah, I'm okay. It's fine. It'll be all right. They said, you're, you're, caught, you're, you're telling me your car just got stolen. You're saying you're okay with this? Say, I'm not worried about it. Hey, God's my source. He's going to meet my need. He'll bring a better one. And you know, he did, by the way. Now, what kind of testimony is that to, to people who, whether they know him or not? I mean, even if you know Jesus, that's a pretty powerful testimony, right? Because she knew God was, was her source. So the word heart in Old and New Testament in Hebrew and Greek is used over a thousand times. So that tells us that God has a lot to say about it. In other words, it is the primary word for, for us to be described. In other words, that describes us as far as, you know, the word, our, our, our spirit, soul, body. We use that and other things to describe an individual. But heart is, is the number one word. So it, God's saying something to us, right? So let's hear what the Lord has to say to us. So Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Now, why is he telling us that? When he knew, and we know that sometimes in this life, our hearts are going to be troubled, right? It's just going to happen. Trouble comes to all of us. In fact, Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. One of the reasons is because a troubled heart can lead to a hard heart. Now, you know, none of us would probably, because I know you, at least those that I know, you, you guys got a very soft, tender heart. You're very loving people, right? So when we think about a hard heart, often we think about someone who's kind of cold and, and uh, you know, just insensitive, doesn't care about people, and so on. But that's not all the time what the Bible talks about heart as being hard. Like uh, I heard uh, Brother Copeland share this this testimony. Uh, he didn't know this. He heard this story, but he met this person later. But the person was called Penguin. And the reason why this guy was called that because he was so cold at heart. I mean, he was driving down the road one time, and he saw a fellow walking down the, you know, along the highway, and he shot him just to hear his gun go off. Well, Penguin, you know, he didn't care, but he got saved. Now, you could say his heart was pretty hard, right? But he got born again. And as time went on, he knew he needed to confess this to, to the law, to the police, and he did. 
So a friend of his who actually knew that what had happened, uh, they contacted him because this big guy named Pingo, whatever his real name was, he confessed and they said, well, you know, is there anybody else that witnessed this crime? And uh, he didn't know who he shot. I don't know the condition of the fellow that was shot. And uh, he said, yeah, there's one other guy. And so they contacted this fellow. And uh, so they, he said, yeah, yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm aware of it. He did shoot him. So they took him to court. Now, these two hadn't met in a long time. So Penguin and this other guy in the courtroom, they, they meet and they hug. This other guy's gotten saved too. And they hug each other and everybody's crying. And then Penguin gets on the stand and, you know, they're questioning him. He said, yeah, yeah, I shot him. But, you know, here's what happened. I was driving down the road and I saw him and I just didn't care. And I thought, well, I'm going to just test my new, new pistol out. And, you know, and he shot the guy. But, but he said, you know, my heart's been changed. I've been born again. So not only did he confess his crime, he basically just preached Jesus to the whole courtroom. Everybody in the courtroom was crying. The people, even the family of that person that was injured were saying, don't do, judge, don't give him anything. Let's just let him go. And the judge is there, his heart's moved too and said, listen, I can't just let this guy go. If they do, man, they're going to throw me out. He gave him three years for shooting the fellow. You know, it's, that's an amazing thing. So that guy is a beautiful testimony, but that fellow had a hard heart, right? Jesus softened that heart. But, you know, there's something else that the Bible talks about, uh, a hard heart. In the book of Mark, chapter 6, and that's simply, that's just simply unbelief. Jesus multiplied the loaves and the fishes. Mark, chapter 6, and, uh, you know, the disciples were impressed no doubt they were amazed that, uh, you know, they had five loaves and two fish and uh, Jesus fed like a few thousand people, 5,000. Well, he, he sent the disciples, he sent them across. He said, get in the boat and go on the other side. In verse 51, Mark 6 says, then he went up into the boat to them and the wind ceased and they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marveled. For they had not under no no listen to this. For they had not understood about the loaves. Let me back up. I'm sorry, I didn't read all that. Okay, they're in the boat, and they're the wind is contrary to them, so they're rowing and, and they're having a hard time. And Jesus sees them rowing and, and straining about the fourth watch of the night. That's three AM. Verse forty nine. When he saw the but then Jesus comes walking to them on the water. When they see him, they're frightened, they say it's a ghost. Jesus said, be of good cheer, it's I, do not be afraid. So Jesus got into the boat with them. The wind ceases. They're greatly amazed. And uh, they're, they're, they marvel. And verse 52 says, for they had not understood about the loaves because their heart was hardened. I thought, well, what does Jesus walking on the water and him multiplying loaves have to do with each other? What do you mean they, they, they were... Uh, they didn't understand because uh, they didn't understand about the loaves. What in the world does that have to do with it? The New American says this. It says, for they had not gained any insight from the incident of the loaves. Now, that helps. So what did the loaves have to do with it? I mean, if Jesus can multiply loaves, if he can take a few loaves and fish and then feed 5,000 people, then he can walk on the water. He can do anything. And 
They're amazed, but Jesus said they didn't understand it because their heart was hardened. So, a, a troubled heart can develop into a hard heart. I mean, their hearts were hardened because they didn't understand. But, you know, that's exactly what happened to Israel. They, had, they, they came to the place where they didn't have any water, and they cried out to, to Moses, and they said, Moses, you know, you brought us out here to kill us. And, and Moses went to the Lord, and he said, well, you know, stand on this rock, you know, strike the rock, and water came out of the rock. And it's said of them, in fact, at that particular place was called the place of contention because they contended with God. And it's said in Hebrews as well as other places, Psalm 95, it says, you know, don't harden your hearts as in the day of rebellion like they did. So when, when these things happen in our day and we're, we're troubled and we get scared because of a virus or because of political conflict or whatever it is, we can get hardened too. We can get insensitive. In fact, Jesus said because lawlessness abounds, the love of many will grow cold. I don't want to see God doesn't want that to happen to you and I. Amen. He wants our hearts pliable and sensitive and tender to him. Because he's doing some things these days. He's doing some things with the body of Christ, is he not? And if we, we cannot afford to allow our hearts to become hard, our, our hearts become insensitive, whether it's, you know, those uh, people who we disagree with politically or whatever else. And if Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled, then, that, then, then we have some control of that. You know, a lot of times we don't realize, we, we think that our heart is it's like it's out of our hands. We don't have control. Well, if we don't, then Jesus wouldn't have said that. We do have some choices. We have choices about what goes on inside of us. I, I know sometimes our emotions, you know, things happen and, and uh, they just happen and uh, emotion of anger or whatever, upset, it kind of arises. We can't, you know, immediately control it. We, we're going to feel certain things and that's all right. But what we do with that is our choice. Yes. We were uh, at, at the meeting. Uh, we uh, ate various places downtown uh, and uh, we, after, after eating, one time we went into this clothing store, and uh, <clears throat> so there's two young men, and uh, they had some new age things in, in this store, so I didn't, uh, I noticed that, so I thought, well, I didn't particularly like it anyway. Uh, but, so I, I thought I'm going to talk to these guys, so, we, you know, they require a mask, just like here, a lot of stores, and so I had my mask on, and so I, I just kind of pulled it out, maybe pulled it down a little bit, I said, how are you guys doing? He said, would you please keep your mask above your nose like that? I thought, yeah, sure, yeah, I will. Do what? Lisa said, that was strike one. <laughs> Lisa bought some things, and she put these clothes that she had, was going to buy on the counter. And I, I, I put them on the counter, and, and then Lisa walked on, and that guy came behind, and he did, he did kind of something like that where she was standing. I thought, what was that all about? <laughs> I told Lisa, I didn't say anything to them, but I, I told her. And, and uh, then she, when she bought it, she asked them about it. And they just acted like they didn't know what they're talking about. And she said, well, whatever you did, I rebuke it in Jesus' name. And <laughs> took her clothes on. So I, I'm, I'm not sure if that was the right response or not, but whatever. But you know, <laughs> you know, my, my heart... You, you know, our, our hearts 
Sometimes it feels good to, to just to be offended. You know, I was irritated. I thought, come on, guys. I, you, I just pulled it out so I could say hi to you. I mean, give me a break. But I had a choice. And I'll tell you what I did. I tell you, Jesus gave us the, the answer for a troubled heart in chapter 14. Again, John, verse 1. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. So what is the answer for not allowing our heart to be troubled? And that is trusting God. Just believe. That's what he said, didn't he? He said, don't let it be troubled, but believe. So I knew I had to act on my faith. Number one, you see, for us to allow things to trouble our hearts and to get there and to get irritated and maybe bitter or angry or whatever, or feel sorry for ourselves or be offended... It may feel good for a little while, but it's not good for your heart. So I knew I had to start saying some, some things. So I walked away and I said, Lord, Father, minister to him. Jesus, send a, word, send a labor by them to share the word, because I'm probably not going to, because I am a little irritated. <laughs> I started praying for him, and you know, I had to guard my heart. And you know, it's funny because just, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, we went to a little restaurant around here, fast food, and we went in and uh, ordered... Uh, some hamburgers and so on. And there was a plexiglass, a piece of plexiglass between, you know, the counter and register and the, and the people. And so I came up to it. I did the same thing. I just kind of pulled it down just so I could talk. And, and the gal that was taking the order said the same thing. Would you please just pull your mask up? Oh, I yeah, I know. I mean, it's probably bulletproof. I don't know. I said, nothing's going to get to you. I mean, come on, give me a break. So my first thought is, I ain't ever eaten at this place again, I tell you what. <laughs> I mean, you know, Lisa's hamburgers get a little burnt. They did those fried onions, and they were, uh, they were a little uh, charcoaled. Lisa, they did on purpose. <laughs> Maybe so. I don't know. You know, Proverbs 4.23 says, Guard your heart, for out of it come the issues of life. We've got to protect it, because that's where, that's where our connection with the Lord is. I don't want anything to get between me and the Father. And we got to deal with that stuff. And, you know, I sat down still a little irritated. But, again, I thought, I can't, I'm not going to do that. I know, God, you're bigger than that, and I have a choice. I asked Patrice if I could share this, and she said I could. She went to the uh, school board meeting uh, this past week, I guess, or last week or two. And they were talking about, you know, it's, it's a very sensitive issue about the, the, you know, the virus and all that, and the kids going back to school and so on, and, um, she was permitted to say something. In fact, it, was, it came on Channel 4 and 5, if I recall correctly. So we have a, a television personality among us. <laughs> but whatever they were talking about, she said this, because some of the teachers said, well, we don't have a choice. We have to go back and teach. But she said, you know, you do have a choice. And I don't know whatever else she said. You want to add to that? <laughs> okay, she had to have the mask on. Huh? She kind of, she actually, she walked out of the building, almost passed out. Right. It is. Sure, it's it's hard hard on everybody, and I appreciate your attitude. <clears throat> yeah. Because I know they're afraid. 
It's a lot of fear. We do have a choice. That's right. No, 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 I don't want you to. But I think it applies here too because you and I have a choice. I have a choice to get irritated at this gal that's taking my money or, or the two guys that are being new agers or doing weird things or whatever. We have a choice. Do we be offended and do we allow that offense to harden our heart? In fact, unbelief, just refusing to believe according to the Word of God, that was Israel had a hard heart because they refused to believe. They were disobedient and they just said, you know, Moses, you've taken us out here to kill us. And one of the things that really irritated God, this is in Exodus uh, chapter 17. Let me read it to you real quick. Verse 7, Exodus 17, 7 says, So he called the name of the place Massa and Meribah, which means tempted and contention, because of the contention of the children of Israel, because they tempted the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Is he among us or is he not? They doubted that. And, and like I said, looking back at their history, God said they hardened their hearts. What, what, what do you mean they hardened their hearts? They simply didn't believe. They just refused to believe. You and I have a choice. If we're born again, that means we are believers. We can believe. We can believe anything in the Word of God. Look at the book of Acts chapter 15. Acts chapter 15, Peter is uh, called in question because he went to the Gentiles and preached the word of God, and they're having a conference in Jerusalem. They're questioning him about that. And verse 7 says, When there had been much dispute, Peter rose up and said to them, Men and brethren, you know that a good while ago God chose among us that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. So God, who knows the heart, acknowledged them. What he's talking about is chapter 10 when uh, Peter went into the house of Cornelius. There were Gentiles. God, who knows the heart, acknowledged them by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us. So God knew the, the heart of, the, uh, of uh, Cornelius, his family and friends that he had brought there who, who received the Holy Spirit. He knew their heart. They weren't saved but they were seeking. He knew their heart. God recognized that. So God, it says, who knows the heart, acknowledged them, gave them the Holy Spirit, look at verse 9, and made no distinction between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. The word purify means to cleanse. They cleansed their hearts by faith. You and I are believers in Jesus. We believe this word. We believe that what God did, God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, then that means our hearts have been cleansed. Hebrews chapter 10 talks about this, talks about that their hearts have been sprinkled from an evil conscience, sprinkled by the blood of Jesus. So our hearts are clean, praise God, and because they're clean, we can believe. We can choose not to let our hearts be troubled. We can just say no. I'm going to believe God, Lord. I'm going to believe your word no matter what. I know some things are going on in this world. It doesn't matter what happens, Lord. Your word is still true. And just like the word that came forth, God doesn't change. He's good. Jerry Savelle shared a tremendous story about faith. 
when he was very young in ministry, uh, he had uh, joined the National Guard. And he, was, he had, like I said, just begun ministry. And he had quit his body shop. And, uh, well, they were called up because there was a hurricane down in, in uh, South Texas or the coast, Louisiana. So he was called up. So he's getting ready to go, and he realizes he's got a wife and he's got two kids. And he said, I did not have any money to leave them. And he thought, God, I can't go. And the Lord impressed on his heart, said, you made an agreement. You committed yourself to this. You have to go. And he said, God, how can I go and leave my wife and kids? We don't even have hard enough, enough money to eat. So he put his uniform on, and he came out to kiss his wife goodbye. Then he said, I, I'm not leaving you. I'm not doing it. He went back in his bedroom, took his uniform off, struggled again with it. Then he's praying, and, and the, he said, the Lord spoke to me. He and says, I'm going to take care of your family. You've, you've got to do this. And he knew Philippians 4.19. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ. So he went back in, put his uniform on again. <laughs> then he came back and out and again saw his wife and kids. And he said, I'm not going, Lord. I, the need is not met. He said, Lord, if you're going to meet my need, you need to do it before I step out the door. I mean, that makes sense. He said, I remember he did it I don't know, three or four times. Finally, he said, all right, God. You know, I, I've got to do it. You're, you're giving me your promise. Your promise is in the Word, is it not? The promise is in the Word, plus the Holy Spirit was speaking to him, saying, it's going to be all right. You go ahead and go. So he did. He told his wife, he said, listen, the Lord has spoken to my heart. God's Word says it. I know he's going to take care of you. So she was okay with that. Gave him a hug. About that time, somebody rang the doorbell. A friend of his, he said, oh, I'm glad I caught you before you left, because the Lord put on my heart to, to bring you this money. He'd written him a check. So praise God. And all their needs were met. Said we had enough. They had enough to take care of them and more so. God's faith. That's a scary thing. I mean, think about it. Particularly men, you know, if you're leaving your wife and kids, that's, that's tough. God's word's true. His word's true. And our hearts are purified by faith. Is your heart clean? James says, cleanse your hearts, you sinners. And pure, or cleanse your, let me read it. Because I don't want to misquote it. James chapter 4. Verse 8. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. That's pretty strong, isn't it? Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. We can purify our hearts. How do we purify our hearts? You purify your heart through faith. That's what he said over in Acts 15. Now, I realize this, that our hearts, you know, everything inside of us is not right. I know sometimes things get there, kind of mess us up a little bit. But, you know, God said you can do it. He said, I've authorized you to do it. He said, I've, I've sprinkled your heart through the blood of Jesus. He's made us. He, in fact, the, the prophecy in Ezekiel says God will give us a new heart. So I've got a new heart. That new heart reflects God. That new heart is inhabited by the Spirit of God. The blood of Jesus has cleansed us. We have access to the, the very throne of God, and we don't have to allow our heart to be troubled. we got to believe. But believing is always accompanied by what? By speaking, right? Romans chapter 8 says this. Chapter 10, rather. Verse 8 says, The word is near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. It's a word of faith that we preach. 
That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you say, well, if I, if I just believe it, isn't that enough? Well, it's not really enough. You've got to not only believe it, we've got to speak it. Because that's the way God made us. Paul said in St. Corinthians 4, we have the same spirit of faith. According as it is written, I believed, therefore I spoke. We also believe, and therefore I speak. Like in that situation at that uh, New Age shop or whatever it was, I knew I, need, I, had, to dis- I had to start saying something. And with the gal at the hamburger shop, you know, I didn't say it, but I was saying it on the inside of me. I refuse to be offended. I'm not going to be offended. God, I bless them. I pray, God, you'll, you'll meet their needs. The Lord, send somebody to, to share the Lord with them. You got to say it. See, it's just as easy. You, you know, we can say, well, I'm going to send my kids to school. But I, you know, I don't know, you know, what if a, and there's an outbreak in, in COVID or or what if the teachers get in? What if, what if this or that? We, we can say that, and I realize that's true. But it's ju- isn't it just as easy to say, I'm going to send my kids to school or whatever. But, you know, God, God is, my kids are blessed. You know, great is the peace of my children because they're taught of the Lord. The angels of God encamp around about them. Lord Jesus, you took my infirmities. You bore my sicknesses. Lord, I'm going to trust you, Father, to protect my kids. Isn't it just as easy to say that as to start talking some of that other stuff? Sure it is. We have choices, just like Patrice said. The teachers, parents, we all got choices in life. We can choose not to allow our heart to be troubled. We can choose to believe God. That's what Jesus said. Believe in God, believe also in me. Every one of us believes. We're all believers. And he has purified our hearts through faith and through the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus. You and I have got something good on the inside of us. Hallelujah. We are new creations. He's given us a new heart. He's written His law on our hearts. He's made us new people in Him. Thank you, Lord. I don't want, I don't want my heart to be hardened. <laughs> Whether it's through unbelief or anything else, we, we got a choice. Thank you, Father. <laughs> you know, I was just thinking about... Uh, I'll close with this. <laughs> you know, I know, you know Kenneth Copeland has... Uh, he started, I don't know, probably back in the 70s or 60s. And I don't know him personally, but I have known people who knew him personally. And, you know, when I first started listening to him, probably back, I don't know, 70s or 80s, uh, yeah, he's, I thought he was a little baby, a little arrogant. And, and uh, I kind of wondered about the message and so on. And so I didn't listen to him much, but I've listened to him over the years. And, you know, we, uh, we heard him a lot this, this past or a couple of weeks ago. You know, I thought, I've listened to him occasionally over the years. And he said it was during the graduation he started the Bible school. And uh, he was uh, sharing you know, during that time. And he said this. He said he and Gloria went to hear uh, Mel Tillis, Western singer, some years ago. He's passed on now. But he said um, he knew they were coming. So he said, put them on the front row. And... I don't know if it was before the show or after. I think it was after. Some people came up to him, Kenneth and Gloria, and said, are, are, are you somebody important because you're on the front row? Because if you are, I want your autograph. Now, and now like I said, you know, Kenneth, to, to me, in the, at least in the past, maybe a little arrogant. You know, sometimes I listen to him. I get irritated at him because of that. But uh, you know what he said? He said, no. They didn't know who he was. They said, no, we're nobody important. But we know somebody who is. I thought, Lord, 
You know, just in listening to him, I thought, God, you've changed this guy. That's good. That's good. And I look back at my own life and say, Lord, you've changed me too, and he's still changing. You know, one of the reasons is because, you know, I believe his heart is open to God. I mean, he, he said many times, he said, Lord, I, I'm yours to command. And I know the man's not perfect, and we can question him, question his message or whatever. Uh, I, I'm going to believe the word of God, and I know there's a lot of options and liberty to, to believe different things about the Bible. But, you know, I believe that the Lord has changed him because he was open. You know, I want my heart to be open to the Lord as well. Because I know, you know, I, I want Him to work in me because I, I haven't arrived yet, have you? And sometimes there may be a little hardness in there. And sometimes, you know, we may have some whatever it may be, maybe complaining or bitterness or even fear or whatever. Well, hey, Jesus will change us if we'll present ourselves to Him. And I appreciated the, the songs that we sang. And, uh, you know, part of that is, Lord, we present ourselves, we give ourselves to you. I don't remember all the songs and so on. Well, that's the key, is just to say, Lord, here I am. God, I, you know, I, I am who I am. You know, we can try to, we can try to present ourselves in, in some different way, just like the Pharisees did. And Jesus said, you know, on the outside you look okay, but on the inside you've got some problems. That's a loose paraphrase. But, you know, God knows our hearts. God looks on the heart. You know, like Samuel was selecting a, a king, uh, one of the sons of Jesse, and the Lord told him, he said, you know, you're looking on the outward appearance, but he said, I look on the heart. God sees our heart. And what I, I, I want him to see something open and, and, and ready to say, Jesus, you just pour yourself into me. God, I, we've all made mistakes. But I want to tell you, if we'll open ourselves to him, he will pour his spirit out. He will transform us. He will conform us. That's, that's what he's predestined us to do, Romans chapter 8. He'll pre, he will conform us to the image of Jesus. We'll begin to look more and more like Christ. We'll talk like him. We'll think like him. And I want to tell you, nothing will be impossible. Nothing is going to be impossible with our God. Nothing. nothing. Thank you, Father. Amen. Well, let's pray. Father, we love you, Lord. We just thank you for your goodness. We do present ourselves to you, Lord. And I, I know you're speaking to us. And, Father, you're telling us just to trust you. Just trust you, Lord. Just to trust you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Let's make that decision today. Just to put your life, put your heart in his hands. God's trustworthy. Yeah, he knows us. He knows our weaknesses. He knows our struggles. You know, he said, you know, purify your hearts, you double-minded. He knows sometimes we waver in our minds and our believing. But he's our answer. He's the one that sprinkles out our hearts with the blood of Jesus and cleanses us and loves us passionately, and he's not mad at us. And he hasn't never left you. He's never forsaken you. You may have had people leave you. You may have maybe had... People abandon you in this way or that or hurt you in some way. You know, it happens in life. But God's never had, he, he never has. He's never going to either because he's for you 100%. The word says if God's for us, who can be against us? Let's stand if we could. Thank you, Father. Could y'all lead us in that last song maybe again? Thank you, Father. I, I love that last song. You don't have to do the whole thing, but just 
But let's uh, pray with me, and, and I want to lead you in a prayer as they're getting ready. Thank you, Father. Just, just pray this out with me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your love. I thank you that you are love. That's what the Bible says, doesn't it? The Bible says God's love. Lord, I present myself to you. I open my heart to you. I ask you just to come in. Fill me with your spirit. Cleanse my heart. I bring it to you. Accept me, Father. And change me according to your will. Work in me whatever you want to do, God. And I praise you, Father. Lord, if there's any hardness, anything else that's in my heart, just cleanse me. Get it all out. I want it out. In the name of Jesus. And I choose to believe. I choose not to let my heart be troubled. Heart. You're talking to yourself. Okay. <laughs> Say it again. Heart. You're not going to be troubled. I speak peace to you. I speak joy to you. I speak faith to you. I'm a child of faith. My heart is sprinkled by the blood of Jesus. My heart is, belongs to God. And I choose to believe and not be worried. In Jesus' name, thank you for it, Father. Glory to God. Lord, we love you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So, let not your heart be troubled. Believe. But if I'm believing, I'm going to be saying some things. I kind of want to emphasize that point a little more, but you know, you know that's what the Word says. If you believe, you're going to say some things, right? We, we talk about what we believe. So, say it. Talk it. Talk the Word of God. You, I know you've heard me say that a hundred times, probably more than that. But it's true, right? If we believe, we need to speak. I believe, therefore have I spoken. Speak your faith. Speak the Word of God. It's true. So the next time your heart is tempted to be troubled, because it's going to be probably before you get out of here, right? <laughs> what are you going to do? You're going to, you're going to make a decision. You're going to talk to it. You know, David talked to his own soul. Why are you disquieted, oh my soul? Why are you cast down within me? Talk to yourself. I choose not to be troubled. It doesn't mean we have, don't have these emotions. Sure. Like I said, sometimes those emotions feel good. We kind of want to stay there with our offense, our bitterness, our being feeling sorry for ourselves, something like that. Sometimes we do. But you know that, like I said, that's not good for the heart. We know what to do. We know what to do, praise God. Because I don't want my heart to be hardened towards God. Praise God. Let's worship the Lord.